Welcome to Fearless Hustle Collective, a podcast for creative female entrepreneurs and a home to honest conversations about the ups and downs of running your own business. Hello and welcome back to episode 30. Today's guest is Laura Phillips, a launch strategist who pivoted her career from working long hours to launching just twice a year. Laura shares her tips on creating a successful launch strategy as well as showing up online. Before we get into the interview, I just wanted to share a little bit about the Fearless Members Club, which will be opening doors on the 24th of June. The membership is a space for creative female business owners and it's a supportive community of like-minded women who get what it's like to run a business and the ups and downs that come with that. The membership will include elements of teaching and coaching and above all, it will be a safe space for us all to explore what success means to us, how we want our businesses to look and how we can get there. It's all about finding clarity in a supportive environment. It's a monthly membership and each month we'll have one expert session covering topics such as marketing, finance, self-doubt, branding, Um, and as well as the expert sessions, we'll have small group accountability calls to set intentions for the month ahead. Uh, And you can kind of consider that a gentle motivation to take action on the goals you've set. Uh, We'll also have group coaching calls and these calls will take place in groups of six Um, so that we can all get the most out of this um, experience and have a chance to share our own issues and the highs and lows. Um, So the groups will be kept small um, so that we can do that. Um, We'll work on things like goal setting, streamlining your business, increasing your visibility so that you can have a steady stream of clients and tackling self-doubt which comes up for every business owner I know. Um, So the first six founding members will receive a bonus of a one hour one-to-one coaching call with me sort of this sounds like something that you might be interested in pop your name down on the wait list and you can find that by heading over to anadenlevy.com and if you have any questions obviously feel free to dm me or email me um and as this is the last episode of this series um i just wanted to say thank you so much for listening and tuning in and i'm going to be coming back with three to four mini episodes over the next week or so um, just to um, as a kind of bonus to the season before uh, starting to record for season four so without further ado let's hand over to Laura. Hi Laura. Hi Anna great to be here. Thank you so much for coming on so I want to dive kind of at the deep end straight away and ask you what is the one proud moment in your career so far? Well when I thought about that, actually, Anna, I want to get a little bit soppy for a moment. <laughs> for those of you who don't mean, I was actually a, a teenage mum. So I think one of the, the proudest, and in fact, if not the proudest moment I ever had in my career was when my, my daughter announced, she's now 16, my son is 15. She said, mommy, I want to have a business just like you. I was like, that's such a cool thing to have a business that, that my daughter wants, you know, above a career, above anything kind of what's deemed professional, that actually she wants a business just like mine. That was a very, very proud moment. Yeah, I bet. That's a, that's a kind of big words to hear from a, from a young kid. Absolutely. And uh, I think the thing is like, we have this idea that to have like a really amazing, hugely successful business, that it needs to be global. We need to have like clients all over the world. And that was definitely what my, my first business was. We had 40 international clients and actually it wasn't until I became a coach and had a business of freedom that, that my daughter actually wanted that for herself. And so I think the ideas of what we 
we think we want and what is a, an amazing special business actually really isn't as important as we think it is. I think the lifestyle, the impact that we have and, and having a really good balance is, is way more special. So uh, yeah, that was a beautiful moment. Definitely one of my favorites. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that, actually. I think we often chase that success that is defined by, you know, like you say, kind of a global company or whatever it might be for you. Uh, but actually, I think sometimes it's quite important to just come back to the basics and think, actually, what would be a successful business for me? What would what would that look like? Because Absolutely. it's different for everyone. Yeah, yeah. So tell us a little bit about what it is that you do now. Okay, well, this is always that funny question, is it? Like, what do you do? Actually, I just got back from a, a trip to Spain with a, a big group of friends, group of friends that I didn't really know. And they're like, so Laura, tell me what you do. And it's, it's that, that age old question, like, oh my God, how do I explain this? <laughs> but my, my basic, like the way I explain what I do is I help people to create um, amazing online experiences where they are able to showcase their skills and then sell their products and offers at the end of that. And, and I call these um, and it's actually widely known within the online marketing space as a launch. So we use really fun, uh, engaging, free experiences to sell products. So for those of you who don't know what a launch is, it is basically just a really fancy way of saying an online event. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so tell me a little bit about what your business looked like to begin with. You mentioned you had international clients. What, what is it that you did exactly? So we first launched my business. Ago, I was building websites and all over the world. I had always been in the, the design world, started off in print, moved into digital. And so my business was started because I was sick of traveling. I wanted to be at home. But the thing that I learned very quickly was that even though I had escaped my nine to five, I was working 80 hours a week. I was working seven days a week, loads of stress, always fighting fires. And I never felt was able to take any time off and so very early on in my business I started to do a little bit of teaching on the side more out of I guess feeling a little bit lonely rather than you know, wanting to create like a, a side hustle and a side income and so I started to put out some workshops and some courses and they started to sell and I was like oh so I don't have to build websites anymore I can actually start selling like online courses and products and I remember my very very first um, launch even though back then I didn't class it as a launch was a little mini WordPress course. Uh, it was £49 and I sold 42 of these in the space of maybe two or three days. And it was the most amazing feeling because for me, in my, my job, it would take me six weeks to generate that same amount of profit. And I would probably still have months of customer service afterwards. And if something broke, it was on me. And, and I just made two thousand pounds for two hours work and it was just like this this light bulb moment for me that i could take my skills and my knowledge and turn them into online products instead of feeling tied to to website projects and i love what i did and i love my clients but i just felt like i was always switched on and so i started to explore selling more products i started moving into the world of affiliate marketing and selling other people's products for them and the way that I found that I, I most was able to sell my products and have fun and have freedom was actually using launches because I didn't want to be selling all the time. And I guess after about two or three really successful launches, I've gone from like 2K launches up to 70K, people were starting to ask me like, 
how have you done this? How do you do it? Because as someone who was definitely quite quiet and a bit of an introvert, to be able to sell that amount of product in a very short space of time was something that people wanted to know. And I was like, well, people keep asking me the, these questions. Maybe I should just move away from broader digital marketing training. Maybe I should just teach this one thing. And so that's what I did in 2017. I decided to niche down from like teaching everything within marketing to just teaching the launch strategy piece. And my, my company loved to launch was born. And so now I get to spend my days coaching. Um, I maybe sell my coaching program once or twice a year. Uh, I do some affiliate marketing still, but I've, I've created this really amazing business that gives me so much freedom. And, and that's what I'm, I'm paid to do by my clients is to help them achieve the same with theirs. Amazing. And so how long did it take you to kind of build this business up um, kind of and transitioning from that old business? <laughs> There's a funny story actually behind how I transitioned away from that business and that I knew that I wanted to move away from websites into the world of courses. And so I'd given myself this, this three month comfortable window to discover what course I wanted to create, to create a webinar, to sell it. And I took on one last project. I let go of all my freelance team. I let go of all my clients. And I had this one big project to finish. And it was, it was a 20,000 pound project. And so in my head, 20,000 pounds was going to pay my VAT bill uh, because we love paying the tax. No, no, we don't. <laughs> I was going to pay myself for three months. I was going to take my time building out this course and creating a really solid webinar to sell this. And actually what happened was this project got canceled at the last minute. And I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And so basically I had to cut every single corner imaginable to get this course out there. And instead of me taking three months to create the course and to create a webinar and to sell it that way, I generated £10,000 in sales in 48 hours just by getting on the phone to people who answered a survey from my email list. And so what was supposed to be, Anna, like this really comfortable, like three month transition turned into this like 48 hour launch that moved me away from this part of my business I wasn't enjoying into this, this new part of courses. And so for me, that, that forced, like my back's against the wall, I've got to make this money really quickly moment. Um, got me away from something that I'm, I may have not ever transitioned away from. I may have taken on another project. I may have, I don't know, who knows what might have happened, but I was forced to make that transition very quickly. And, and as a result, I never went back to projects afterwards. It was amazing. Mm. So that was a very quick turnaround then. <laughs> it was, yeah, 48 hours. It's, it's actually, I think it's amazing what we as, as humans can do when we find ourselves in that situation that we either take the action and move forward imperfectly, or we kind of take our time and try and get things perfect. Mm. I think we surprise ourselves with what we can get away with. And this product wasn't created in advance. It was created as I went. I was very honest and transparent with people in advance and said, look, I'm going to be creating this as we go. I'm going to need your feedback throughout. And actually people love being involved in that experience. And so that's now what I call a beta launch. And I, I teach people how to do this as their very first port of call when they're launching something new. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about launches in a little bit more detail. Um, why do people, because I think, I think when you hear the word launch, I think a lot of people think, oh, I, I can't do it. It's too hard. There's just too much to think about and plan for and so why do people find launches hard from your experience I think people find launches hard because there is a lot of people I guess in the online space doing really big massive amazing huge launches like big seven-figure launches with thousands and thousands of people going through 
And so I think immediately there is this expectation that you need to have a big, huge launch from the outset to have wild success. And and it's just not the case. So I think the first mistake that people make is setting their expectations too high and thinking that they they need to have this big, huge success to actually get started. And when we look at like launches, a launch can just be as simple as you getting on the phone to people and bringing in this group of people at the same time. And, And that is still a launch event. So doing that with social media, doing that with the phone. So people make the mistake of trying to go too big and too complex too soon. And so because of that, overwhelm and fear sets in and straight away they're like, oh my God, I can't do this. Like this is too big. And so they just don't take action at all. They also try and focus on like, too many moving parts and so I actually call this launch stacking and we want to like layer all these like these different pieces into launches over time but you really you can start off with the basics maybe to begin with you know you're just going to do a webinar with a very simple email follow-up sequence after you've done the webinar and then maybe over time you're going to add in some some different things like you know a, a more complex sales page or maybe some live streams or maybe some extra social media posts but because they go into the sink and they've got to have all the moving parts, again, they, they probably don't focus on the, what I call the big rocks. So basically all we need to do is find a group of people, get them into a place where you can teach, and then you sell them the next step. And, and if we think about launches like that, instead of like this big, huge, massive beast that we have to have all these moving parts in place, we're focusing on the things that are actually moving the needle. And so that's the, the key places people go wrong. Trying to go too big too soon trying to make it too complex. And I think the final thing is them thinking that to have a wildly successful launch that you need to be this big, extroverted, confident character. And you just don't need to be. I think for my perspective with launches, the most amazing thing you can do is show up as you because that's what people are going to buy into. And you don't have to be a big personality for people to buy into you. You just want to be yourself. And so I think that's definitely one of the big mindset shifts that you you need to go through is using this as a way to show up as yourself, not trying to show up as someone else. Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, I think there's almost this expectation to be this bigger personality than, than you are. Um, and yeah, I think, I think the whole notion of selling as well comes into it, doesn't it? I think that there's kind of some underlying issues that people have with that as well. People are very scared of selling. And I think this is one of the reasons why I love launches so much is because... When you think about like the sales process in a launch, a launch is just a way of marketing. It's a way of building relationships and it's a way of showing so much value in advance of the sale that when you do ask for the sale, people are already sold. And so if you do a launch properly, if you, if you simply show up and deliver value and then you sell the next step, it is going to be so much more successful than you focusing more on the sale. And so your job's already done. And so one of the things that I actually teach is like not to focus on the sale at all. Focus on the experience that you're creating. Because when you mm-hmm. do that, when you make people feel good and you deliver value and you answer their questions, they're going to be sold on you probably in a very short space of time. And all you're doing then with your, with your offer is just showing them what it looks like and, and why the benefit of them signing up now is. And you know, also the success stories and how other people have had the same result is, is such a small part. And what you're going to feel is that if you've done your launch properly, and if you have created those amazing connections and built relationships, by the time that you're going for the sale, people are going to be so sold on you. They're going to be asking you to hand over their credit card. They're like, just give me the thing already. Like I need to buy this. And you'll know that when you've got that reaction, 
that you've done your launch the right way around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. So I know that you've recently had a kind of a two week launch event where you showed up live in a Facebook group. Um, I think that was, yeah, almost every day, wasn't it? Yeah. So what I've done recently is I did a, what I call a classroom launch and, you know, essentially I, I talked about this beginning of this interview. Um, a launch is a way of, of bringing a group of people in together teaching them some cool stuff and selling them the next step. And so the reason why I love doing a classroom launch is where you, especially if you're a coach, if you're a teacher, a consultant, uh, an expert in your space, and if your product is actually you, uh, you are the service that you're offering, then a classroom launch is amazing because all you're going to do is you're going to show up and teach. And so the way that this launch came about was that I came back from um, a three-week trip to California I came home and my family gave me the flu. And so instead of me being able to record um, my like four part video series, I found myself sick in bed, not being able to do anything, but I knew that I needed to launch my, my coaching program, which is called Launch and Thrive, because I had some other things coming up in May and I had this very short window of opportunity to get my launch done, to bring my new students in, to um, indoctrinate them into my, um, my program and to get them off the starting blocks. And so I had no choice but to launch. And so instead of me like creating my video content uh, in advance and using scripts, I decided I was just going to do this on the fly. And so I did three live workshops on a Monday and a Wednesday and a Friday. And it was just me in front of this group of people just teaching what I know. And it was, it was so fun. It was the most fun, easy, light and joyful launch experience that I've ever gone through. And, and my goal was just to show people just how fun and easy launches can be. Because the thing is, we, we build these, these ideas of launches up to this big beast. But if you can just break this down to like that simple idea of I'm going to bring people together, I'm going to teach them some cool stuff and then sell them the next step. You remove this like big expectation of what your launch needs to be. And you just get to to do what you, you're born to do. I was born to teach. I was born to coach. And so that was what my launch was all about. Just, just being that coach and being able to teach people what I know and then sell them the next step. Mm. So you mentioned a classroom launch. Are there different types of launches that are kind of suited to different types of products and services? Yeah, there is. I mean, I, I guess one of like the, the key distinctions is, is thinking about the experience that you want to create. So if you're a coach or a consultant, something like a classroom launch is great. Now, if you're, if you're able to, a challenge is also a really good way. So a challenge is like a, a three, five, seven, in fact, you could go to like 14 days or 21 days, but it's, it's where you're getting people to take action. So if you're something like a fitness instructor, then actually getting people to take some daily actions and create a new habit is a really great way of you showcasing your skills and expertise and actually being able to help people get results. But it really does depend on who you are, what you're selling. I think there needs to be congruency. So doing a classroom launch, if people aren't actually going to be buying you as a service, that may not be perhaps the right kind of launch. Maybe a webinar where you get to, to talk more about the problem might be a better way of doing it. And, and so I think creativity is perhaps the most important thing. When I'm looking at the kind of launch style that I want to create, I think about the experience and I think about fun ways that I want to present that. The last thing I want is for people to go through this and go, oh, this is just a launch. Like she's going to be pitching something at the end. Your whole goal with a launch is to create an experience. And so the way that you... Uh, actually put that into a format that people can go through it's wholly dependent on the experience that you want to create and so don't pigeonhole yourself into thinking that okay just because everyone else is doing like a four-part video series 
that's what I need to do because if you can deliver value with a five-day challenge that you just do into a Facebook group, that's far, far easier. So think about the experience, be creative with the format, but don't get sucked into thinking that you need to follow everyone else's format because you really don't need to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's something for everyone. Absolutely. And anything from like a phone launch to a social media launch to emails to um, four-part video series, you know, all the way up to the more complex launches where you're sending out personalized content, depending on the situation that someone's in. We call that a segmented launch. Super, super powerful. But again, like start off with the basics and then layer in those new elements as you become more confident, as you get bigger and better results and as you've got more time and money to invest. But just start off with the basics first. Yeah. As you said earlier, I think it's very easy to want to kind of dive in at the deep end and do all of the things, but actually you quickly become overwhelmed. And like you said, you you just don't actually take action on any of it because yeah, it just becomes all a bit too much. Yeah. So, um, I wanted to talk about kind of showing up online, um, and how we can do that consistently, because I know that obviously with launches, there is a part of that where, you know, that does need to kind of happen at some point, I think. It's hard. Showing up online is definitely the hardest bit. And I think the launches themselves definitely bring a challenge with that. Because what you're going to find is when you're promoting a product two or three times a year, and that's kind of the, the end goal is that you will launch your signature offer once or twice a year, and then maybe do another launch or something else. And so you're not always selling. And so the challenge with that is when you have bigger and bigger launches over time is that you're going to be bringing in more customers and you're going to have this, this launch period. And then you're going to have this very intense welcome period where you're bringing in this group of customers. And so it, it definitely is it's harder to be consistent sometimes when you're doing bigger and bigger launches over time. So the thing that you need to get good at is creating the habit of consistent, of consistently showing up on social media well in advance so that you're not feeling like this is such a chore to show up. And I definitely felt like that in my early days of business. I was like, I just don't want to show up online. I, I hate being on social media. I hate having to talk about myself and my business. I just want to go and like do my affiliate marketing and and promote other people. But the thing that I learned is that people now have an expectation of getting to know the brands and companies that they're buying from. And if you are not showing up online, then you are going to be spending so much more money on paid advertising to bring in more customers that it's going to take more and more of a chunk of your profits. So from that perspective, it pays so much more for you to be consistently showing up on social media. The way that I get around that is scheduling. Um, but also like just choosing a platform that suits you. I mean, my favorite platform at the moment is Instagram. It's so easy for me to create content. When I was doing loads of blog content, I felt like it was such a chore for me to show up that I just didn't want to do it. And the thing that I've learned over time is the more that you show up in between your launches, the less money you're going to spend on getting more leads into your launch, the more successful your launch is going to be, the more fun you're going to have, and the the bigger your launch is going to be over time as well. And so I definitely used to rely a lot on paid advertising my early launches because I wasn't showing up consistently enough. I was hiding away and then expecting like the paid advertising to do the heavy lifting for me. And although that does work, like the marketing landscape has changed so much that you do have to show up more online. But just be mindful that if you are going into do more launches, as I just said, that you're, you're going to fall into this kind of cycle of these very intense periods. You don't want to be that person who only shows up when they've got something to sell. So make sure that you are mm-hmm. consistent in between. And just remember, like, if you're not showing up, then your customers are going to be, sh- sorry, your competition 
are going to be showing up instead of you. You have to be there. You have to be top of mind. It's not about promoting all the time, but it is about being there and, and just being consistent and choose the, the way that's easy for you. For me, it's Instagram. Uh, for you, it might be podcasts. It may be YouTube. It may be um, Facebook. But I would say like, just focus on the thing that brings you most joy and showing up on social media will be so much easier. We all have fears around it. But yeah, if you want to have those big launches, you do need to be consistent with it. Mm-hmm. And for those who want to show up, um say on instagram do you have any tips you know for those who perhaps it well it doesn't come naturally to most anyway does it really it just it just becomes a habit Mm. social media is tough uh, you've got to find your own way of doing things. But I think the the moment you move away from chasing the vanity metrics like likes and followers and comments on your posts and you focus on the conversations that are happening in your direct messages is the minute that you're going to realize that you're so much closer to a successful launch than you think. And this is a weird shift because people think, okay, well, I need to have a big list. I need to have a big social media following. I need to have all these, these big things to have a wildly successful launch. But if you only knew that the money is actually in your direct messages, then it just changes completely how you think about social media. And and this is the thing. Social media, Anna, is social media. It's not share media. We call it social for a reason because it's all about having conversations. And if you're only worried about, you know, how your picture looks on your grid and, you know, your captions and your hashtags, then you're not focused on conversation, then you're going to find social media a very, very lonely place. If you're more focused on having beautiful human interactions and conversations in your direct messages with people who are far more likely to become customers than people who just like your posts you're going to have so much more success far quicker but again that's a that's a mindset shift like people focus so much on what they think are scalable things instead of the unscalable things. And I'd much rather recommend, you know, the listeners of your podcast to actually reach out to people privately and to have conversations in your direct messages. Don't worry about what's going on in your feed. Worry about what's happening in your direct messages because you're probably, what, 10 customers away from having an amazing first launch. And so focus on those things first and social media stops becoming this like big, huge, scary thing. And it just becomes this tool for you to have those amazing conversations with people who can become customers. Mm. So really it's all about kind of going deeper rather than wider. Absolutely. Yeah. Quality over Mm. quantity and and letting go of those vanity metrics. And we all do it. Oh, I didn't get that many likes on this post. Oh, I've lost some followers. Like who cares? You know, I know people who've got 60, 70, 80K followers on Instagram who are broke. (laughs) I've got friends who've got like 5,000 followers and who are doing six figure launches. And so you really do need to be very mindful of where you're spending your time and energy but just remember that it's, it's not about you sharing. It's about you being social and delivering value. And if you can just wrap your head around that really small concept and be consistent and ultimately be patient, you're going to have far more results far quicker. Mm. So if there was one thing that we could all do to kind of make launches and kind of a slightly easier process, um, what would it be? I think it's coming back to that concept I've talked about. Your job is to build an audience, bring those people into a space 
show them some cool stuff and then sell them the next step. And so if you can just take that idea and forget about everything that you've seen, like how people are doing launches. And if you just show up in a really small way to those people, then you're going to have a far more successful launch anyway. And then you can start to scale your, your ads. Then you can start to bring in more complex elements. You know, this launch I just did, and it was the easiest, most light launch I've ever had. I think I spent about, um, 750 pounds, which is around a thousand dollars in ads. And it generated 15,000 pounds per month in extra sales for my business. This was not a big, huge launch. This was just about me getting in front of the people that I wanted to serve, delivering value, creating an amazing experience. This could have been like a, a big, huge six month launch that I was planning, but it wasn't. It was just a Facebook group with some live videos, giving people some, some cool content. And if you can just take those ideas, and just create an amazing experience and just show up for people, you're going to have a wildly successful launch. And so when you think about it like that, when you think about the experience you want to create instead of the tactics, because people expect the tactics to do the heavy lifting for them, that's when launches become easier. And so you want to strip out as much as you can and, and just take it back to those basics, mm -hmm. building the audience, getting them in one place, teaching them some cool stuff. And when you think about launches like that, you're not going to be focused on, oh, I need to have this big, long, you know, there's like really, really long sales pages. I need to have all of this stuff in place for me to have a wildly successful launch. The only thing you need to do is show it for your people, do it consistently, and people will buy from you. And does anyone even read those really long sales pages? All they do is they scroll through the benefits and they go to the prices. Exactly. <laughs> yes. That is a hundred percent right. <laughs> it's funny because with launches, actually, we do have different types of buyers. You know, you'll have the people who like buy from the outset. I wonder if that's you, Anna. I'm definitely a spontaneous buyer. And usually that's because I've gone through the launch. I'm already sold on the person and I want to buy like straight away. And you have those people. And so the first thing they do is they click the buy now button and they buy. But you do have people who need a little bit more um, information to do that. So do you know where they go? they go to your FAQ section. They want to make sure that they've got everything covered. They're going through your terms and conditions. But the thing is with launches is people have already made their mind up long before they even see the sales page. The sales page is just like a little push over the line. And you've also got them people who uh, buy into stories. And these are called uh, humanistic buyers. And this is a, a concept by Alex Mandosian about the different buyer personas that we have. And, and it's true, like those people buy into case studies and success stories they want to know that people like them have had the results that they want and so they're going to go to success story then of course we have deadline dancers the people who they're the people who uh, they would show up like within two minutes before their flight takes off and i don't know about you but those people like make me crazy i'm like how can you do it <laughs> so we do have people who, who buy in different ways but most people will already have made up their mind long before they even see the sales page and so I would encourage you not to focus on the sales page. I would encourage you to focus on building relationships and answering all the questions, making sure there's no comments and answered. For example, if you've got a Facebook group, having those conversations, taking time out with people and getting to know them, people just want to be seen. And, and that's the needle mover in a launch. The needle movers are not your sales pages. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Thank you so much for sharing so much uh, wisdom. With us. Um, what are your goals for the coming year? <gasps> goals for the coming year? Um, I'm actually about to start a Kickstarter campaign for my paper launch planner. 
Nice. Uh, this is going to be, yeah, it's going to be fun. So actually I started off with these sheets to help my clients map out their launches. Um, they were like, oh, do you have anything that you use? And I have my own sheets because there's nothing out there in terms of like software or planners that really caters for people who are doing launches. And so I actually wanted to create something that I could use. So I just had some PDFs. I started off my, my career as a print designer. And so these were created for me. And then my clients started to use them. And then I started giving them to my students. I was like, there's a product in this. And so, yeah, I'm actually doing a, a Kickstarter campaign probably around May, June time for my paper planner. So that's a big part of my, my goals for this year, which is strange because, you know, I have a, a really simple business structure. I've, I've got a coaching program called Launch and Thrive, uh, which obviously I've just launched in February. And so my business model is really easy. I have private clients. And so now I'm adding in like a physical product into the mix. This is going to be an interesting shift for me, but I'm super, super excited about that. Um, and then really just focused on serving my, my coaching clients. Um, I may launch some new launch plans towards the end of the year. My goal this year is just to really enjoy what I've built. You know, it's taken me five years to get to this point. And I think sometimes we can be so focused on like achieving the next thing, the next thing, the next thing that we forget to stop and enjoy what we've built. So there's a few small projects, but mainly I'm just going to be enjoying this ride and, uh, you know, really soaking up the gratitude of this amazing business I've built and serving the people that I adore yeah do definitely just enjoy it yeah so um just to finish off where can people find you uh probably the best and easiest way to connect with me is on instagram i'm always on there every day uh, laura phillips with two l's hq uh, drop me a direct message um, i love reaching out to to people and connecting with people so reach out and we can have a conversation on there but that's the the best place to connect with me amazing thank you so much for your time today thank you so much anna thanks for having me Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, I'd be really grateful if you could leave a review on iTunes so that other female creatives can enjoy this podcast too. I'll see you next week.